Beautiful. Fucking your hair, your teeth, body. You can sing and act and dance. Well, no. Got a beautiful wife. Like, it's like, what gives? Like, what do you want? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Daniel Crickler. People call you Daniel. I just did. Danny. Are Danny you boy. Danny. Yeah. Danny boy. Lib calls me Danny. My nan calls me Danny. Daniel. No one calls you Daniel. So literally, no one. You can. You can. <laughs> That'd be my I, thing. That'd be your thing, Daniel. I was kind of just ignore you there. Like, <laughs> I was kind of work out where we met, and I think it was when you were doing Louisville. Oh, with like Ashley Luke Lloyd. Hundreds of years ago. Dozens of years ago. No, dozens. 2012. I love that show. Yeah, that was my first show after Lens. Yeah, it was good, really good. And I'm still really good friends with everyone as well. Yeah. Yeah, like everyone, pretty much everyone. Not everyone, a lot of people. <laughs> Most. Not everyone. No, you don't. You're like? That sounds really shady. Now, doesn't it? Like, well, there's some people. Some of them. No, there's really not actually. But I'm closest to like Duncan, Robbie, Shane still. Is Duncan do spinning <laughs> with you? Is for a little bit, for a little bit. No, he doesn't. He works at another place now. Right. He, where, he where he originally worked. Yeah. So, boom. Yes. That's why. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Boom. And he did Bear. Yeah. Did you see Bear? Of course I saw Bear. Dale Evans. Yeah. Is that why you saw Bear? <laughs> no, Michael Vincent Ross at William Wilde, obviously. That's, obviously. that's why I saw it. Yeah. Uh, that was fun too. Have you seen the recent version of it? No. Have you? Obviously. Mm -hmm. Same question. Was it good? Saying nothing. I missed you. Yeah, it's not as good as because you weren't in it. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I th a lot of people said how I really made that show. <laughs> no, because I was cast as the girl's part, right? Do you know about this? So my part's called Rory, and it's like R O R Y, and I think um, Paul and everyone was like, they just said Rory, but like, oh, that's a guy. And as we, I think it was as we were rehearsing it, they went, everyone kind of worked out Rory is not a boy; it's definitely a girl's role. And uh -huh. I think when they redid it, they also used a guy. It kind of oh worked. wow! Yeah, y you originated that role. I was yeah. It was the first gender swap of its era. Gender neutral, <laughs> <laughs> and it was also like a total a mistake one. I'm sure that's what happened. I kind of like that. Love that. I never yeah. knew that. That's quite cool, right? I'm gonna look into that because it's something. Well, it was called pop opera and then rock opera. And yeah, I never understand the like changing name of it. Well, they changed it slightly a bit. Oh really? They actually mm. changed the show. Yeah. Mm. Oh, music. And this new musical. version completely like they've changed the ending. Really? Yeah. Oh, what happens? It has to be the same ending, doesn't it? It's, it's kind of given a different slant. It's interpreted differently. Because that's the whole like Romeo and Juliet thing that has to be. Like. Yeah, I mean that still happens, but the intention behind it is kind of explored in a different way. Oh, fair enough. So there you go. I have to, I'm doing my hair because we just did the show. Your hair looks bang. Like I was saying this earlier, it's like you've got perfect teeth, perfect hair, perfect body. You can sing and Huge dance penis. and. <laughs> well, I was there at West End Eurovision when you skipped over the stage with oh, it, gosh. wagging around. Yeah. So I think we've all seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still not quite forgiven for that one, I don't think. Whoa, did Libby go mad? No, not mad, but she didn't, I don't think she knew. <laughs> Cause I was knew she in the audience? No, she wasn't, but I knew if I was like, Lib, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking of getting video. naked, she would have been like, nope, do not, do not do that. I think she got like messages being like, Dan just got naked, I think. But I wasn't allowed to do it, so we checked it with the um, West End, your original was mad, and they yeah. were like, 
um, no, that's like not okay. <gasps> and then um, and you did it anyway. Yeah, I didn't tell anyone. I, th I think I'm right. I didn't. I oh know some of the. I think some of the people. I, some of the guys knew because everyone's talking about ways to like. Anyway, how do we move so quickly on this conversation? Oh, you brought it up. You mentioned it. I didn't yeah, even I did. say I it. I was joking. I was joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're talking about your acting. <laughs> yes, I'm you a very serious actor. actor. Well actor. done. So, so we're here mm -hmm. doing a play called Unicorns Almost. Yeah, very good. Well done. Which I thought was going to be about tits and teeth. Gay soldiers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because it's a bit... Yeah, it's funny. So, like, I've done two... It's the second play I've done written by Owen Shears. And the first was called Pink Mist. Yeah. And the second one's Unicorns Almost. And they both have a kind of fairly, like, uh, misleading title. Yeah. But they're both, neither of them, yeah. So this is about, yeah, Keith Douglas, a World War II soldier and poet, true guy, amazing poet and really interesting guy. And no one knows who he is or knows anything about him. So it's really interesting. And Unicorns Almost is a kind of quote from one of his poems. Yeah. Um, one of the most kind of brutal poems of his. And it is a cool um, phrase, like, you know, you know, I think, within it, yeah. But brilliantly written. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Yeah, it's stunning. Amazing. And for a one-man show, you've incorporated the soundscape as well and the lighting and... Yeah, I mean, I'm boring as anything to like just have me go for like an hour. I don't <laughs> so know. I think you've got no, but I think charisma. like it was an app. There's so much dialogue in it. And, yeah. and we had to cut a lot. So right. the original script, the, the play text you buy now originally, was running so long. It's had to make it fit 60 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a festival time. And also just like... I think a one, one person show much longer than an hour is it's like a lot to ask yeah. an audience and fair enough if you break it up so we try and break it up with as much movement and changes of tone and, s and shift of stuff as we can but you can't get away from the fact that it's you know it's World War II and it's poetry and that's not everyone's cup of tea necessarily so you're trying to it's hard because you're trying to make it as accessible I suppose as possible but poetry is like but I'm not the biggest yeah, poet yeah, fair enough, but yeah. The, the way he describes yeah so he the idea, stories is very beautiful yeah so his thing is that he always thought it was all too the poetry of his time it was all too wafty and a bit too like placed and that's his whole thing is being like I'm here seeing like dead bodies seeing all this horrible stuff so I need to describe this as like more brutally so I think he was quite ahead of his time in that sense but yeah the sound's gorgeous so our sound designer John Nichols does a lot of stuff for radio like a lot of radio yeah. plays and not, maybe not so much now I think but he certainly I think it was his kind of starting point so he's amazing at building this kind of soundscape that's so visceral kind of pulls you in it definitely enhances yeah, your yeah. performance <laughs> which is brilliant it's a brilliant performance honestly <laughs> so let's talk about that so you obviously you you, you trained at Lane and then yeah. you you went you did Jersey Boys and Bear and yeah, Mamma Mia and yeah and then, and and then you decided to fault. focus on acting yeah I always loved acting and I don't see it I didn't and still don't see a difference between no I don't see a difference between musicals and plays at all I have friends who like straight actors who kind of will say I hate musicals and I have my musical theatre friends who'll be like oh I hate plays I don't really see plays I just can't like I hate some plays and some musicals and I love some plays and love but like I hate the kind of category that's what's such a shame right because musical theatre ranges from everything of course it does right like and, and the same as straight theatre ranges so much so I never saw the line between them is so blurred to me yeah. that it doesn't exist and but coming from Lane as, as a dancer, which I love and I'd love to do more of, you, yeah, I mean, you can't go and do a one-man play. Do you feel you get pigeonholed still? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, like, so I tried really hard to break that. I went to Central for one year after those musicals and did my MA there. And I'm really glad I did and I learnt a lot. I do think they, they ask different things of you. That's what I think. So let's say, like, Mamma Mia and Jersey Boys that have been running for a long time, they do want you to they need to and want to to recreate the show they initially put on right so you become very very good at doing what you're told and like 
stand here, do that. And that's a really, really useful skill, but you're certainly not asked to create from scratch. And yeah. even I think, Loserville, I don't remember ever, maybe that's not fair, um, like Nick's Nick Winston's an amazing choreographer, but I think in general, you know, that you work the stuff out and then they teach it to us and we can go, okay, that's that. And it might shift and stuff, but, so the difference then when you come to creating something, and maybe that was just my experience because I didn't create musical, you know, maybe that is, you know, that people do ask you to be as creative when, when you put on a show for the first time. But that was quite scary when someone says, this is a, here's some text and clean slate, like what do you want to do? What feels right to do? And even now I'm learning, we, so I just did um, the show at the Old Vic in London and like watching, and I was understudying that and just watching those guys. Work. So that was Present Laughter with Andrew Scott. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and watching Andrew and the whole cast like work for me was like, oh wow. Like I, yeah, because I still was like, okay, I'm not bringing half as much, and I think of myself as fairly, um, intelligent and independent minded but I still like I'm not bringing half of what I could bring mm -hmm. you know when you think how deep you could try and mine something so it was really cool to come back to this which we did last year and see what else I can bring to it and to keep it developing and changing because that's the other thing so part of so on Jersey Boys I was dance captain and my, my like actual job was don't let the show change yeah. right so you're saying this is the show see. do not change it and I get I do get that but at the same time it's such a shame because in a way because like now I feel like okay well how can things grow and grow and changes yeah. you know and maybe you lose something and but also you can gain I just feel like you can gain so much so yeah so let's talk about the volume of text you seem to tackle it quite well yeah like I don't feel like you dropped a beat yeah I think did I, I, think I messed up was that a time. challenge to, to take all that in and risk recall all that I reckon people like just some people could do it and some people yeah no I reckon everyone could learn yeah it's a lot of text but it took me a month or so to learn before we started rehearsals but I think everyone can do it it's just take maybe it would take some people some people longer than others or, or everyone's got their own way of learning lines but I think once it's there I think well, it's like, if you think how much information like just as humans that we hold all the time all the knowledge that we have and the things that you could I think the I, I guess, I don't know. I think that's just fine. I think when you step in and see it once, it is but like, wow, that's a lot of lines to learn. Yeah. And people are often like, oh, wow, how'd you learn the lines and stuff like that. But I, my feeling is like, everyone could do that totally fine, I think. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I, can, I guess I can only know what my experience of it is. And I find it okay, so yeah. But I do mess up all the time. Oh, I dried for the first time, I totally dried the other day. And thankfully, you know the bit where his, um, there's a bit where his wife, his fiance kind of leaves him in that bit, and I just, it's like a sad moment. I was like, and I was like, what's the next line? What's the next line? And I was just there and I was like, and I had, we still had our creatives in. I was just stood there. I was like, and I almost jumped ahead. And then obviously if you jump ahead too far, you'd ruin all yeah, the sound yeah. cues and cues. So I was like, no, don't panic. Just take your time. And it was probably like a 10 second pause, but it felt like, <laughs> and I could feel like, and almost like the director everyone was like, can I mean like, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. And then eventually I was like, and I kind of found it again. Yeah. Do you have a prompt or? No. No, you just if have I, to. I mean, if it was totally dropped, then yeah, I guess I could Someone would like, step in. Yeah, but no, I, I think I could always save it, always know enough yeah. to save it. The worst, I remember when I got, on, got thrown off a bob in Jersey Boys and I had the exact same thing, but it was in the middle of Sherry, so you've seen Jersey yeah, Boys, yeah. right? So you're doing like the Sherry and then the big girls, and I think, I think it's got that join, and you like finish Sherry and you like step to face the front and you're in the spotlight, and it's like underscoring, and it's supposed to be like, um, the next day, da -da 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 -da, and then the whole world explodes, boom, and you step in, and I, I went, and I was like, and like nothing came and it was horrible in a spotlight and it's so obvious <laughs> that you're and I was going I don't I think I maybe just kind of and then just remember no 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 and it, it was terrible yeah that was really bad and then yeah but it's quite fun as well isn't it 
absolutely because it's like live theater you know going wrong is kind of the best thing about yeah. it and the adrenaline kicks in and you're like oh yeah yeah so back to your play we're here at army in the fringe oh you know yeah, army, army at the fringe army at the fringe yeah, yeah. That's bad, I should know that. <laughs> well, I should know that. I just looked at it. Looking at your past there. Army at the Fringe. Doesn't it's on that flyer over there. It is at the Fringe. Yeah, at the Fringe, yeah. Which is a kind of... I do know. They've been run for three years now. Yeah. yeah. Which is a bit... So this building is... It's a reserve centre. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a so fully working reserve centre. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you can maybe see people and walk across the back. There's all the art people in full. It's, it's weird, because we're obviously theatre and I'm you know pretending to be a soldier but the place is full of you know genuine yeah. cadets and soldiers and um, so we're here you know they're supporting us and looking after us and it's great it's strange because it's not like it makes you feel like what you're doing is maybe like not propaganda but it's almost like a recruitment type thing right. whereas it's not obviously the play as you see is very much a kind of this guy's the reality of war for him which was you know getting injured and then eventually getting killed and and his opinion you see his opinion shift from like yeah let's go fight it's going to be great to the reality you know, to be like I don't want to fight anymore this is horrible so it's not a pro-war piece as I don't think any of the pieces here are but I think maybe the oppression comes across I, mean, I don't know how you felt like when you first come here and walk in is it strange or is it like no, no well, I've been places like this before I was going to ask with regards to the costume because mm. is that an authentic Retro. Yeah, so, he, so the costume we have is based on his desert, what he would have yeah. worn, and what they would have worn, so he fought in, um, in El, uh, battle El Alamein in Egypt in tanks, one of the first big like tank um, conflicts, and uh, they actually, if you look at all the photos, it's quite ragtag, they've all, you know, yeah. they've all got scarves and put over their mouths and little bits here, and I think basically the kind of strictness of the uniforms you had to wear like, actually kind of relaxed quite a bit, so they didn't wear their kind of gaiters so much and all yeah. those things. It was just hot and kind of horrible, and I think um, so. Yeah, ours is, off, is very authentic. They're real desert boots, and yeah, yeah, I was going to ask: Is it replicas or the actual real stuff? Because I've done a few war films where you actually yeah, yeah. put the real clothes on. I mean, in films, in a way, that kind of as soon as you step into it, you feel like the history of what you're yeah. wearing. Do you feel that when you put yeah, that costume I mean, on? You use those high-waisted trousers with the belt, you know, that kind of yeah. webbing belt and when you put in the beret on and all, and all those things helps so much also I always think it's interesting though because I think so at first you're like oh I'm playing a soldier so I'm you know must be like a military that's a kind of like thought process yeah. right but then actually it's like well this guy's a poet yeah. and also I feel like soldiers are, you know you see everyone they're just normal people who have that uniform on right so they don't need you don't necessarily need to become like a you know I am a military yeah, exactly. man just, these are just normal men and women who yeah kind of been with the kind of uniform on so yeah I, it is interesting um, and how much you can kind of immerse yourself in that world or how much you it's funny because all that different descriptive stuff driving through and things you're seeing and it's like how much do you try and like really picture and imagine and see those things or how much do you allow yourself to acknowledge that it's theatre and they're not really you know there I don't really know where I stand in terms of that sort of like uh, I don't know acting ideology of like how you do something yeah I don't know and how does it feel to be part of the Edinburgh Fringe have you been up here before? so I've been most years I think to see a to watch, yeah. I, the only time I performed here was when I was I want to say 17 or 18 we took 13 the musical um, really? with a mate and I, again I think it was 18 and I was supposed to be like choreographing it just like with some mates went to C venue and I um, ended up having to play, I ended up playing because the guy basically kind of pulled out quite late so I ended up having to play Evan is it Evan Goldman 13 and he's like a 13 year old kid and I was 18 like he's not, he's not good and that was and it was a really high 
seeing anyway I went with them for one week and it was good it was really really cool yeah I, I, yeah now you're back 10 years later yeah I really like it it's also have you managed because you're quite on the outskirts of the fridge itself yeah about 15 does it feel more. like you're you segregated or it's you nice in a way because it? it means that when I want to go in and get involved I yeah. can and when I want to just step out and also Edinburgh is so beautiful sometimes you just want to yeah. go for a walk or go up, climb up some mountain or some hill then you can do that as well so I I like it I, I find it it's quite overwhelming I feel like Edinburgh like yeah. maybe because I'm doing the show maybe because I'm just tired I don't know but it's, it's the quantity of, and it's amazing because you can go and see and I like when you get into one venue and kind of then you have a drink and you go and you can catch a few in one venue but just walking around like the, the quantity of flyers and and, and flyering and posters and stuff like it's quite it's quite a lot. Like, I find that yeah. really intense. Have you been having to do any flyering? Uh, not yet. No. <laughs> I feel bad. I'm surprised they haven't sent you out in the in uniform. uniform. There was, there's talk of it. We yeah we've been selling really yeah. well for our, it's a small space you know we've been selling really well for it so I think that's eased the pressure a little bit. Yeah. Um, and they've been working really hard. I'm kind of I, yeah I will I'm up for it but it hasn't. But again, it's quite, it's quite overwhelming to do that, I guess. Great. Yeah, it's just it's so competitive. And tiring. Yeah, competitive. It's kind of relentless. And also, a lot of your audiences, I feel, sometimes can be fatigued. Because it's yeah. like, you, you know, you go... So, well, like you were saying, you've, you've kind of seen a few less this year. Because actually, you just see show after show after show. And it's like, there's only so many different... And maybe if you change it up and do kind of some comedy and some dance and some theatre and yeah. some... Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's good. But sometimes, even if I see... Three, three in a day I saw last week a few times like three in a day after doing hours and I just got to a point where I was like okay that's that's a lot now you know like, so yeah but I'm going to see loads this week because now I'm more chilled I'm going to see loads yeah so you were here for the rest of the week and then yeah. you'd taken it to then a week off and then we're taking it to Bristol all bit yeah for one week in, in their studio and what's space. the connection with that is that why where Owen yeah so I did the first first play I did when I left um, Central was Pink Mist which is also written by Owen and also directed by John Ritalak, who's our director. So we did that there one week at Bristol and then we toured that production. And that was kind of a real Bristol um, homegrown. It was about yeah. it was set in Bristol, about these three young Bristol lads who went to fight in Afghanistan. So um, I think I think part in part because of those connections. And Owen, you know, in, is very well known in Bristol. Uh, he's a poet as well. And he writes uh, and writes a lot of other kind of other multimedia stuff in there. He's very well known. He's what's his Wales connection to the army to war um, yeah he was I think he finds that funny just an interest yeah I think he became, he's become a kind of war poet so he did a show called the, oh no I'm going to get it wrong The Two Worlds of Charlie F I think it was called and that was like verbatim um, on like interviewing hours and hours of soldiers after Afghanistan I think and he did that and went really well and then he had this kind of a lot of I think that just plunged him into that world where he then had all this material for Pink Mist and stuff so yeah I think that's a connection he's not a soldier I don't I don't I think he does have some military background in his family yeah. I think but no he's just I don't think he wants to be a, well he's written a lot of his novels are about conflict as well so yeah I, suppose I mean he it is a fascinating year and I think what I liked about this play is the use of the music mm. really kind of hones in on that yeah kind of takes you to that place I love the yeah I think music's so good for that isn't mm. it just any so we have that kind of swing jazz stuff 1940s swing and you know he it's kind of a magical when we first did it, we had this kind of chandelier ha hanging in the oh middle really? of the thing, and like it's kind of it's like you know Egypt in nineteen in the nineteen forties, nineteen forty one, I think, and you've got this you know, swing jazz music and all these troops, these soldiers. I, I suppose we romanticise it now, looking back, but at the same time, I think that is the genuine experience. As you know, I've just left home, and I'm here, yeah. I could die tomorrow, and all that sort of thing. I think that is like incredibly exciting and kind of yeah, kind of 
beautiful and falling in love with when he talks about you know for the first time seeing you know Egyptian women and being like wow these kind of so there is something really kind of charming about that and that music just kind of catches that yeah. in a way that me saying it kind of never could and then my favourite bit is when we do the bit, bit of dance and a bit of you know we're just yeah you might just slip in a little bit of that oh, yeah. lady <laughs> training there not quite but yeah and yeah. a little was it 16 bars of uh <laughs> what is it I don't even know what it is it's just my basic no because I'd never done ballroom and then at Central we did a little like really basic um, swing and stuff so I was like oh we'll just do some of that and I'll do like a pretend little turn yeah, and, the and the lines were all there thank you looking Still brilliant Betty <laughs> Lane will be pleased Miss Lane will be happy <laughs> thanks Miss Lane <laughs> so let's talk about that other play you did which was a gay play homos homos or everyone in America yeah, there was no misleading there was there no so you were playing opposite Tyrone Huntley yeah, well, not really opposite. I was in it. It was basically Tyrone. You really played and his Harry. lover. Yeah, um, yeah, it did. Yeah, but it was basically Ty- it was basically a two-hander, Tyrone and Harry's yeah. play, and they were phenomenal. And then um, Cash and then wheel and, out you and, and, and yeah, Cash speedos. and I were yeah, I was there in my in my um, shorts, <laughs> covered in water. No, that was re- I had such a good time. And Josh Seymour, who directed it, who I'm still good friends with, and, and I'm going to his I'm going to see his show Music um, tomorrow. Well, so it's Barber. Yeah. 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 I'm it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Don't tell me what you think. I want to see it. I know. The palace brilliant. Yeah. But then it's follow up to Closer to Heaven. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't. So that's a bit of a stag at the moment. That's the moment, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a really cool play. I was really, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. And again, just learning. Like, I always feel like, also <laughs> when you start a project, you finish something, you're like, yeah, I really know what I'm doing now. I think I can really do this acting thing and whatever, you know performing thing and then the next job you start I'm always like oh wow I'm really bad and these people are like, really good and I, I think everyone kind of feels a bit like that but well, I love that because you can like yeah Ty and Harry are both phenomenal performers so watching them yeah deal with their quantity of text and also the, you know what I got from that was that was pacey you know that was so yeah. fast and that kind of very naturalistic cutting into each other and I really enjoyed that and um, and like yeah again just like Harry's so strong gesturally you know he's come from a very more a slightly more kind of Televisual place, I think, where his performance. So he's like so, um, he's so good with his gestures. Uh, I tried to nick some of that. Basically, just trying to nick, nick off people that I watch. <laughs> I think that's the best way. And has it been nice to get out of London for a bit? Yeah, I finished. We finished present last on Saturday night, and then we went out for drinks. And then I got up like seven in the morning on Sunday. Came here wow. and started teching this. So. It is really nice. And now that we're a week in, I've kind of had my time to relax. But yeah. at that point. It was harder than I thought going from having been like rehearsed and prepped to be on the old Vic, which is a huge barn of a theatre. You have to be, you're practically shouting every line. And then to being here, which you know you see is like the tiniest, what is it, five metres by five metres, tiny. And I can actually like whisper and you can kind of still hear. So I think at first I got there and I was like, like really <laughs> shouting and then I think John, and being really like big, I think John was like, all right, Dan, I think you can just bring it down like a little bit because it's more, so that was harder than I thought, that transition. But, yeah, but then you also go from being mic'd to unmiked. No, we weren't mic'd for uh, uh, Oh, we not? No, they were, I think they were quite... But they, generally with musicals and... Yeah, yeah. I like without mics, only because I think you can... The variance is in your control. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also you can hear where someone's saying it from. Like I always think, yeah. when you have a mic, there's, it kind of could be anyone. I totally get why you need a mic when there's, you know, like underscoring and music and singing over stuff, obviously. So, but I think... I think when if you can get away without, I think you should. And I, I guess like as like professional performers, we should also be able to adjust to the spaces. Yeah. That's a massive part of it, isn't it? Being able to adjust to, to realise when it 
but yeah that is different definitely and I've got quite a quiet voice and, and I yeah not, I'm not very like yeah I always said that when I was singing that's the best bit you know is not singing now like not, not having to be uh, not waking up and being like oh am I going to hit those I hit them as if I ever sang high notes anyway but like <laughs> I hate every morning and be like oh it's not quite all that stuff whereas it's quite nice you don't have any of that really it's like even if it's a bit off you can just kind of get through it or that's nice and what would you like to do next another play or um, I love I love musical theatre and I love dancing so I definitely want to do a musical yeah. at some point soon I'm scared because I have you got like anything I'm on your wish list do you have like a cosmic list of things you'd like to do no do you want to be Fiera no not anymore not I did anymore. no no I don't think I do like I, I still don't think I could really it's just hard I don't have a very high voice and like that where did um, you and Libby meet at Lane Lane yeah so you've never worked together no no would no. that be weird? Would it be weird? No, I think it'd probably be awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think it'd be great. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'd be weird. Maybe if she was dance captain and I was like, she was telling me what to do. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm like, kill him. Mm. Actually, no, I'm used to being told what to do. I was going to say, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really have a wish list. I, I'm, I, I, I'm anxious in terms of like, I feel like I've worked really hard to be able to get to yeah. a point where I can do. What I can do the straight theatre stuff and I'd love to get to a point where I can just do anything I think there's so many performers who want to be able to pick and choose and I feel like I'm getting to that point I'm still I guess anxious in terms of if I, if I jump back into a musical that people would still perceive me as or box you in as that yeah. person who knows and maybe that's more in our head as performers than it is as for cast and directors and directors I don't know um, yeah but I, I, yeah, at some point I'll have to dance again before I'm too old anyway for now I'm alright but yeah who knows yeah. yeah. Right, well, I'm going to let you uh, get back to your lunch. Eat my dinner, it's got cold now. Sorry. Thanks so much, Ray. But um, well done. <laughs> Thanks, man. Great work. Thanks Honestly, for it was really, really good. Um, <laughs> see you later. Yeah. <laughs>